All right, everyone, welcome to Seasons. And we have Miss Tara. She is an amazing woman. Like, I just literally met her, what was it, three weeks ago now? Mm -hmm. Ago uh, at our retreat at Pastor Kim's church in Georgia. And Pastor Kim called her up on the stage to have her tell her testimony. And being that we're doing a series on love and marriage, I was like, I need her to tell this testimony because it was unbelievable. Like if I wasn't there and somebody told me, I would not believe it. I'd be like, y'all just made this up. Ain't nobody gonna do all that. Like, ain't nobody gonna do all that. Uh, so I, I was just like, you know, I touched bases with her and I was like, do you think you'd be interested in being on my podcast to share your testimony? And she was like, sure. And she's just the sweetest lady ever. And so welcome to Seasons, Tara. Thank you, Lauren. It's good it, to be here. Yes. And so just like my name, people think my name's Laureen. People think her name, what do they call you? Do they really call you Thera? Thera, Thera, yeah. Because her name is spelled T-H-E-R-A. You know, but it's pronounced Tara. So yes. it's awesome. Anyways, so can you just introduce yourself to the people aside from what I've already said and just tell them a little bit about you, where you live? Because she's like way far away from me, guys. She ain't in California. Yeah. Yeah, the whole other side of the country. <laughs> I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I've lived here my whole life. Um, I. Grew up in a very small town. Um, I met my husband. His his dad was my pastor when I was 15, and we were friends for five years. And um, we actually started dating after we were interested in the same Bible college. We went to a World Harvest Bible College in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we were out there for a year, and then we got engaged, and we got married the year after that. And we were just living like just good old Christian, you know, mundane life, going to church, serving where we could. And um, at year seven, my life just got turned upside down. Mm -hmm. At that point, my husband, we had two children and my husband was a police officer and he had, he had gone to a call um, where someone was, was firing. He was the first one on the scene and he had to kind of negotiate this person to put down their weapon. And it ended up when the real negotiator got there, that man had, he ended up not surviving. And so my husband went through that and it was just, it was a lot. And so when a couple weeks later, when he just started acting differently, my thought was that he's having PTSD or a midlife crisis. We were only like 27 years old, but I'm thinking like something, something has happened like that is so drastically different from the man that I knew. Mm -hmm. um, he just became cold and distant, um, mm. unloving, harsh, like overnight. It was, we, it, we weren't fighting. We, like I would say by all accounts that we had a happy marriage. Mm hmm and a happy family. And then just one day, things started to change. And, and how y'all been married when this took place? We were married about seven years. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and so when it all started happening, like, I, I'm just trying to be like extra loving, asking questions like, what's going on? What can I do? And you know, you have thoughts in the back of your head that you don't even want to speak out loud. Um, so, I mean, that was, it was on my radar that there could possibly be an affair, but that wasn't my first thought. And so at the time I had um, a mentor who was trying to grow me um, in my giftings. Um, she saw like some potentials in me like for um, the prophetic. And so she was trying to help me grow in those areas. And thank God for that because those giftings had just started to be developed in me prior to this happening. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm just learning that I can hear the voice of God. I'm just learning that I am a seer and I and I can like have these knowings and things like that. That's just being developed. So when this has happened, um, I'm talking to her and I said, something is wrong, like drastically wrong. Like nothing I do is getting to him. There's no changes. Like, I just don't know. And she said, well, in your heart, what do you think it is? And that's the first time I said, I think he's having an affair. And my next words were, and if he is, that's not something I can forgive. Right. And she said, you need to go 
pray about this and you ask God like what you're going to do. So I just went into prayer um, and I asked God, you know, what is going on here? Like, you know, what am I going to do? And he said, he is having an affair. I got the confirmation from God without having any proof or anything. Like God just said, he is having an affair and you can forgive him. And I was like, okay, I'm in God. If you say, if this is what you say, like I'm in. So I called him right away. Like I can't even believe it now, but I called him right away. And I said, um, I just was talking to God and he told me that you're having an affair and he told me that I can forgive you. And, you know, his response wasn't good. He said, he said, no, I'm not. Why would God tell you that? You're crazy. That's crazy. And so I got off the phone very discouraged Mm -hmm. because I felt like, oh, if God said it and if if he knows that I know, then, you know, this is going to be the shift that we need. And it went on for a couple more weeks where I had this nagging in my soul that like the Holy Spirit would not let me have peace until I could like figure this out and have the proof that I needed. Mm-hmm. And um, it seriously was like a private detector in my Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit in me was just like, do this, go there, see this. And until it came out and when it came out, it's the craziest thing that I heard the most devastating news of my life, but that's when the peace came back. It was like the Holy Spirit could rest in me and be like, okay, like now, you know, like it's all out in the open. This is truth. And peace actually came, even though I was absolutely devastated, it actually came out in my church. It was an ugly scene on a Sunday morning. My Mm. husband was the worship leader. He was about ready to go up there and sing for second service. And it just all came out in the hallway and it was ugly. And I left that building. He left still angry. He was so defensive and angry um, about it. Never even confessed, even with all the information, with with the proof right there. He still never, he said it was a joke and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, a joke. I mean, like lead worship after that. Oh, he didn't. He did not. He did not. But I mean, I went outside and just had this moment of just breakdown where I just fell to my knees and pounded my fist on the ground and and just let out this wail that I have never heard. Like it was like my soul was like in anguish and like I had to be scooped up and taken to the back room. And that day was just so, so hard. And going back to my house without him then, even though it wasn't a good environment prior to him leaving. Um, it was just so hard. And I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old at that time. And so incredibly difficult, but I don't know if you've ever heard, like it was the worst of times and it was the best of times. It really was like the hardest, most difficult thing to walk through. But at the same time, it's where I found intimacy with God. Like I have never known before that he was so close. Um, like I felt like I could touch him. He was speaking to me so loudly and so clearly. And I, it was just a season in my life where I could not be pacified. Like I could not sit down and watch a TV show. I could not like eat a full meal. Like there was just like, okay, God, we are on this together. We're in this together. And and I was like praying to live. Yeah. And that was like all I cared about. Taking care of my babies and just like God, whatever you're up to, like, I just want to be about it. And, you know, I'm completely yours. And, and so that it was a beautiful time, but also like, I don't want to make it seem like it was easy. It was so incredibly difficult. And so many times that I hit the floor just weeping. And, but every time I got up, it was like a renewed strength and a renewed hope and just like gaining my power, like realizing what was inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I was so much stronger because of God than I knew that, that I was. Yeah. And so that time, like I would just be just like praying all throughout my day and God would say things like, ask him if he's eating good. And I was like, what? Ask him if he's eating good. Like, what do I care? I'm like, now, okay, God, I'll, I'm going to poison his food. I ain't going to. Right. Right. 
so like I was, I called and I said, Hey, I just wanted to know if you're eating good. And I wanted to let you know that I cook every night and there's a seat at the table. If you want to join us, like it made me like want to almost throw up when I said it, but like, I was like, okay, God, if that's what I'm supposed to do. Another time God woke me up and 2.30 in the morning and he said, call him and tell him you miss him. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to look desperate. Come on. But I did. I did. I did it. Or is it, you know, like. Yeah, like what? So I did. I called him at 2.30 in the morning and just said, I just wanted you to know that I miss you. Um, I mean, there was other times that I did not do it God's way. Like when I would find out certain information, like that was just breaking. Like I would, I would lose my, like, I'm human. Like there was times that I lost my temper. Mm-hmm. There was times that I was so angry. Um, yeah. But towards, I mean, there was, there was another time that he said, you're not going to talk to him for a month. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, so yeah. just not answering texts, not answering phone calls, giving the cold treatment. I'm like, well, this is, that was so against my nature right. um, to do that. Mm-hmm. But I did. And it, God knew exactly what it would take to get a hold of his heart to to call him back and and all those things and he knew way better than me like if I would have used my own tactics like we probably wouldn't still be married right so so she's she was I've heard this whole story but so this to our listeners she told this part right and then I was like okay you know that's cool it happened once all right yeah you know but then Right. He had more to the story. So what right. more to the story? Well, so this this first time that this happened where he actually left the family, um, I was telling somebody at my church, it was a Wednesday, and I said, I see no end in sight. And by that Friday, he was back in my home, and we, we ended up losing our house, and we had to move together and all that. Um, but God had told me that he, he was signing up for the army, and I was like, what? How could you do that? How could you leave your family for like five years? Like that's a commitment. And but that was his way of trying to get out of it in his own strength to get right. away and distance himself and mm-hmm. and whatever. So um, when he came back to my house, our house, then um, he said, I did not sign the paper. So if you don't want me to go. I don't have to go. And I said, I have learned that I need to ask God about everything and I'm going to pray about it and see what he says. Mm -hmm. And so I prayed and God said, let him go. And that was a really, that was one of the hardest decisions of my life to say, God said, you, God said, go. And so I had just had him back in my house for maybe like three weeks before he had to leave again. Mm -hmm. And so he was gone for another eight or nine months. Um, Yeah. So that, that was, that was really difficult, but at the same time, like I see what God was doing. He was really like humbling him. Right. Um, he was making him accountable for his decisions. He was breaking him down. Like he had to submit to authority. Like we were rebuilding our relationship. We were only allowed to write letters. And after a couple of weeks, we are allowed to talk one day a week for 10 minutes. And like you learn to treasure those 10 minutes because it's all you got. And wow. so we really laid down the foundation God gave us a really good, a really good new start. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was getting ready to be sent to um, South Korea. And our whole family was going to go live there for two years. I was working on passports and all that. Mm-hmm. And they medically discharged him right before all of that was to happen. And so he was able to come back. So there was just a little over a year that we were separated where I lived as a, a, a single mom, mom to our two kids. And then um, after that was probably the best year of our marriage. Um, Just really strong, really just grateful for each other, respectful of each other, um, honoring each other. It was just a really good year. And um, I got pregnant um, and we were saying like, this is our grace baby. Like we had so many grace moments. Like this moment is brought to you by the grace of God because without without his grace and his mercy and his love like we wouldn't even be here like I have three more children now like I wouldn't have these children these people would not be alive if it's not for the grace of God and so this was our little grace baby and it was just like felt so redeeming to me and I was I I was just so happy with like where things were going and just overjoyed and but when I was pregnant with um that baby um, I could feel like I could feel it. 
like I could feel the same things coming back up um, in him. And again, not fighting. There was no issues. And it just all of a sudden, like I could sense a change. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, are we doing this again? Right. And um, I found out it was it was actually another girl from our church. And um, it was just this time. It was just an, an emotional thing um, getting caught up in like an emotional affair. I don't want to say just because I am not minimizing. No, but he never left our home. There was no physical contact. There was just an inappropriate relationship developing. Mm -hmm. And I actually got a call from her husband and that was put to an end fairly quickly. But right after that, um, I began to go into early labor Mm -hmm. Um, several times. It's just my body could not handle that trauma again. And so um, with that, I was like just determined to protect that baby. And so I just tried to keep the peace and stuff the emotions and just for the sake of my baby. And I could see like during that time, I sensed that something else was going on. And I mean, God would show me like the woman, like he would show me the women. Like I knew who it was. I would call it out. Yeah. I would be like, I see this. Mm -hmm. And I would be like, and in my, I guess it was being naive and I don't even know what it was, but I um, just assumed like, okay, it's not him. It's like, I'm feeling this because that person Mm-hmm. is pursuing. So I'm telling him, be on guard, be on guard, watch yourself, guard your guard your heart, um, you know, let's set boundaries type of thing. And he would reassure me, no, 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 nothing's going on. And when I went to my six-week um, postpartum checkup, mm-hmm. I got home and there was a letter in the mail detailing another, another affair. And well, so that, that was absolutely... Devastating to say the least. At that point, it was like, I don't even want to live if this is, I I wasn't suicidal. I didn't want to die. Yeah. I just did not want to live in this reality. Right. And so that was, that was super, it was just incredibly hard to get over, to get over that one. I mean, like this woman had the boldness to come to my hospital room and hold my baby. Like it's, that still makes me. No. Yes. Like. When you are caught up in sin, like it is, takes you way further than you want to go, makes you someone, I mean, these are Christian women too, like Christian women, people who call myself, called me friend. Yeah. And so that was really devastating. Um, And at this point, I'm not even telling my family, like I'm just. Yeah. Cause it's like, they're like, again. Right. Right. So, I mean, I've lost, I lost friends over this because they're like, how can you. How can you stay with him? Like divorce that man. Like he's no good. Like, you know, he doesn't love you. And I just felt like God, that's not what God was saying to me. And so that was a really difficult place to be because I really had to block off all the voices that were opposing to God because I mean, I was struggling myself. Yeah. But he was speaking to you kind of like how Pastor Kim says it wasn't. Yes. All he was yeah. to you about your relationship, and right. oftentimes people don't. They just listen to the outside noise, and yes. they all the outside noise is bigger for them not to be able to tune in and hear what God's telling. Yeah. So th- it was a really difficult time because I, I did lose my closest friends over that because they could not see. They're like, you are just allowing yourself to be abused and mistreated and disrespected. And I'm like, I understand your point of view. Like, I feel those things, but I also feel like what God is calling to me, me to. And I would never tell someone to stay in an abusive relationship. And what I went through was emotionally abusive. It really was. Mm -hmm. And it was traumatic. And I would never tell someone to stay unless you do feel that, like, don't stay out of fear. Don't stay... Stay if the Lord is calling you to that. And what I need people to know is that my husband, when he was not caught up in these things, was an amazing, he was an amazing man. He was an amazing father. He was a hard worker, a provider. And I knew the things that God was calling him to. He was, he was anointed. Like I I know the promises that God made us. And those were the things, even during these in-between times, like we were getting prophetic words about you know, our ministry. And so I think the Lord, 
at first, like my husband, I was like, what the heck? Like he has like a prophetic magnet or something. And I thought the Lord was doing it for him. Mm -hmm. I really think the Lord was doing it for me. Mm. So that I can hear like, this is who I see him to be. This is his potential. This is the call I have on him. And if he allowed me to see that, then I could hang on and I could persevere. And I used to think like, oh, like what? Like, why am I getting these words? But because he needed them and I needed to hear them. Yeah. And so I wish that was the end of the story, but it's not. (laughs) So wait, we're at three now, right? Yes, we're at three. So there was, at this point, it had been a year and a half since the first time. So this happened in 2009, and then it happened 2011. Mm -hmm. And then coming up on 2012, it was our 10-year anniversary. Um, He had taken me on on our anniversary to the place where we had our first date and he had candles set up and he had roses there and he re-proposed to me and he promised me that anything that touched my old ring would not touch this new ring, that there wouldn't be a stain on this one. And um, he just promised to be faithful. And um, we started planning our vow renewal, like bought the dress, uh, made the save the dates, got the new ring we actually won a honeymoon i had wrote in to this contest and i won a uh, all expense paid vacation to sandals like we were gonna go on a honeymoon and i found out i mean again like i felt it was coming up i like knew who the person was like god highlighted it Mm -hmm. um and so i was like a hound on it like hey this is this is someone we need to keep far from us. This is not someone we can bring into our circle. Like, be careful, be guarded, blah, blah, blah. And while we are doing all this, like planning our vow renewal, dress shopping together, all this, um, another another inappropriate relationship was, was happening. And so, again. Girl. And it's the, the thing is, it was like, I could see now that the devil was coming at me when I was my most vulnerable. Like I will, it's not that he was just coming at me. It was like, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you while you're, you're pregnant. I'm going to hit you while you're, you're carrying a baby. Um, I'm going to hit you while you, you think that this great next season is coming while you're planning all this. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you where it hurts the most. Mm. And so, um, yeah, devastating. Um, so after that, I'm like, you know, we need to do something like this. This can't be happening. I had told him, like, you, you need to leave the home. And I contacted his his parents at this point, our pastors, like just holding him accountable for these things. Right. So um, it started. It started. I thought I thought we were getting better, but my body actually started getting sick. And um, I was having like issues with my gallbladder, wow. and I and I went and got tested and, and thought like I had stones or I was gonna have to have it removed or something. And they couldn't find anything. Like they targeted it to the gallbladder. They're like, it's just a little slushy, but there's nothing we can do. Just watch your diet. And so it was persisting. And I actually had a prophetic. A prophetic friend call me and she's like, I don't know, this sounds so weird, but does the word chicken mean anything to you? And I'm thinking, chicken? Like what? Um, And I said, I don't know, like I'm going to have to pray about that. And I realized that I was reliving a moment in my life where God had told me something and I had reached out to this woman, number four, I had called her and I let her silence the voice of God in me and speak peace to me when there was no peace. Like I believed her lie over the voice of God in myself. And when I would recall that moment, my body would freeze up and my heart would pound and I could like physically shake because I was so mad at myself because I chose to have like the voice of God in me quenched Mm. by someone else. And so that was a moment that I was chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I kept reliving that and reliving that and reliving that. And I called her back and I told her, yes, I think I know what it means. And um, she was like, I really think this is a soul wound. This is not a physical thing. And so we went to see um, a friend of ours who was having services. And 
I swear to you, everyone in that room got a prophetic word except for me. And I was like, God, like, I need to hear from you. Like, I I need help. Like, I am struggling, not just in my heart, I'm struggling in my body. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he called us, he called me at the end of the service and he said, I didn't have a word for you publicly, but I need you to come to the back. And he was like, what's going on? And I just went through it. I'm like, he knew about some of the, the issues we had. And I just laid it out. And I'm like, it's been four and I'm I'm just struggling. And he said, when there's an issue with the gallbladder sometimes, it's because you have this feeling towards someone like, I can't believe you had the gall to do that to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he, he confirmed this is a soul wound. And he said, when you go home tonight, um, I actually want you guys to be intimate. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Uh-uh. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, but while while that's happening, I want you to pray a specific prayer. And he told us to, to pray a specific prayer and that healing was going to come to our marriage. Well, that's how we got pregnant with our fourth baby. <laughs> See, I don't know this part of the story. Here we go. Yeah. I know more. But what? Yes. So, like... Wait, let me back up one second, though. So, yes. you call you called his parents and told them, you know, yes. his parents were your pastors. Yes. What did his parents say? Uh, it wasn't good. They actually said to me, you must be doing something for him to keep doing this. Mm. And they're your pastors. They're, they are my in-laws and they are my pastors. Hmm. Yeah. And that was a blow. And the first pastors that were dealing, our other pastor those other three women went to that same church and their their message to us was let's just sweep this under the rug and we're just going to say that you had some marriage problems but you're okay now that was their solution to handle the problem yeah so it's like can we say church hurt that's that's the true definition of church hurt right there yeah. i mean there's lots of but that right there Right. That could cause, that does cause people. Right. To just forget about church, Jesus, all of it. And right. You've done that. But thank God that the Holy Spirit was talking to you. Yeah. I, I just needed to know what his parents said because for some reason I felt like it was yeah. going to be something crazy. Like yeah. Something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So back, the, he told you all to be intimate. You got, yes. Like, your, that was your fourth kid, right? Yeah. So a couple weeks later, we had found out that we were pregnant and traced it back. And it was that night that he told us to say the prayer and healing would come. And really, that started a period in our life that where we were rebuilding again. And I thought, okay, this is behind us. So that was 2015 that we had our son. Um, and oh, the next year, Another person was speaking over us and he said, how many kids do you have? And I said, four. And he said, hmm, just like that, the smallest little pause and a hmm. And in my heart, I'm like, there is another child coming. So I said to my husband on the way home, when he was speaking to us, I felt like there was another baby. And he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, me too. And that was not in our plan. Mm -hmm. Come to find out that I was pregnant or like when he said that, like I was already pregnant. Wow. And, but just a few weeks later, I had started bleeding and just like praying to God, like, okay. So at first I was not happy about this, this yeah. pregnancy. Our little boy was not even one yet. Like this was back to back pregnancies. Um, but I started bleeding and I cried out to God, like save this baby. Like, and it didn't happen. We, um, we lost that baby. So then like there was a confusion between like hearing this in a pause that I knew that there was another baby, um, and then losing it. So I feel like God is previous and he comes and and he says the things that we may not understand in the moment. Mm -hmm. And we understand after the fact. So I just opened myself up and said, God, if this is your will for us, if you if there is another child that you want us to have, I open myself up to that possibility. And that's how we got our our last our last baby, our little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was pregnant with her, I was six months pregnant. My husband um, owns a construction company as well. And he had just fired our whole crew because they um, were on heroin. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, they were stealing pills from our clients and it was just a mess. So my husband was there working by himself and we actually dropped him off that day. I was pregnant with our fifth. The four other kids were in the car. We were actually going to an amusement park and I got a, a phone call that I didn't recognize and I didn't answer. And then it, I called, it called again and I missed it. And then something just clicked in me. You need to answer the phone. You need to call back. Something is wrong. And when I called back, it was the police actually. And they said, um, I said, I just got a call from this number. Uh, and they said, no, ma'am, this, this number does not make outgoing calls. And I'm like, listen, I just got a call from this number. I hit call back and, and I'm talking to you. And I said, do you know if my husband was in an accident? And they said, what's his name? And I said, um, his name is Keggy, but uh, his he goes by Keggy. His real name is Vincent. I said, his name is Vincent. And they said, hold on. And they said he was in an accident and he was life flighted to Pittsburgh. And that's all I can tell you. And um, what made you think to ask, was he in an accident? I knew he was doing a dangerous job that day. He was on a third story, uh, like scaffolding on the outside of the house and he was by himself. And so I just thought like, okay, something, something is wrong. And so he was paralyzed. Um, I didn't know if when I got there, if he was going to be dead. Like I, I didn't know cause they couldn't tell me any information. Um, but when I got there, he couldn't, he couldn't move. He could just blink and, and move his lips. And so he was in the hospital for a while, but he regained all of that. And just coming out of that, I just thought, okay, this is it. Like, I mean, he almost died. This is going to birth the purpose in his life. And like, we're never going to have to deal with this again. Right. And um, I mean, like I, he wasn't even able to drive. He could barely ride in the car, like migraines. He had a traumatic brain injury, um, just all the stuff he couldn't work. And God was supernaturally providing for us. And I was doing like everything I was the, uh, I was the um, mom and I was the dad and I was, I had to do absolutely everything because he could not. And, um, and then just a few months later, we were back in the same boat. Um, But this time he, he did decide that he was going to leave again. He was gone. We took it to the pastor. He was gone for 10 days, but when he came back, his heart, his heart was not back. And, and I knew it. And it was uh, just the craziest thing. Like God had shown me um, just an iPad between the mattresses. And I was like, that's all I could see. It was just like this vision of an iPad between the mattresses. Mm. And I'm like, well, he doesn't even keep his iPad there. And I would look and I'm like, nothing's there. And this went on for a few months. And and then it was like the day, like God was like now. And I went over and lo and behold, the iPad was between the mattresses and I got on and I was able to see like in real time, a conversation happening. And so I just got, I got on the phone with him and I got on the conversation with them and he came home and, and you know, wait, you got on the iPad. I sure did. I sure did. (laughs) Yeah. That's (laughs) yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am, I did. The whole conversation. They were like, wait, I think she can see us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that happened. And um, again, um, talked to the past. Like, again, his his mom and dad are still our pastors. And so, like, I I talked to them. I'm like, he's not going to be singing today because this is what went down. And we actually, I called him and I'm like, you're not coming to my house, but you are going to church Mm. and I'm going to meet you there. And we sat there so broken in our second pew uh, and just the heaviness and the shame in that moment was just, and you, and I felt like this, this is my life and God, I don't understand why you won't release me from this. Mm -hmm. Like why are other women allowed to be loved? Why are other women cherished? Why are other women fought for? And you do begin to feel this feeling of like unworthiness. Am I unlovable? Like, and I just didn't understand it. And if I would have allowed myself, I could have said like, this is how God must feel about me. If he does not care to leave me in the situation, Mm -hmm. then he must, you know, he must feel the same way. And I did struggle with that for just a little while, but, um, and he just began to, to bring me out of that. And our relationship um, 
did struggle a bit and and we would always come back just like we cannot end this like we divorce isn't an option type of thing and just when one person was strong the other person could have been weak but it was like one person had to pick up and fight right and we just continued to do that continued to seek god and say what is it that you are doing with us because it's hard to see right now what were your what were you telling your kids during this time okay. that's a lot of inconsistent you know like right the ability that kids need dad's gone dad right you know like what's going on so when he left in the beginning, um, he was gone for three to four months in the affair. And I did not speak one negative word to my kids. I had two at the time, a two and a five-year-old. I did not speak a negative word about him. Like every night we prayed and I said, it's going to be okay. And that was just pure faith because I did not know how it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But that is like what I consistently told them. Like, we're just going to pray for daddy. We prayed for his heart, and his mind every night. And I just stayed stable and consistent for them. Um, their life got turned upside down. Like I was a stay at home mom at the time I had to, to go to work. They had to go find sitters. Um, just their life was just very different. Um, but they came out of that unscathed. Good. Praise God. Yeah. They, it was just amazing. And I'll tell you now, my three youngest kids have no idea. Mm. They have no idea about anything. And now that my oldest two are now 15 and 18, I have shared with them. They know because this is not going to be passed down to them. This is not the way we live. This is not appropriate and it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And so like I have been honest with them and I'm not going to lie. Either my flesh rises up sometimes like when they don't understand my reaction to things. I'm like, listen, there is a whole story that you don't know. There's things that we have been through that you don't know. And I need your, I need your grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I am human. Yeah. And it, it's hard to explain without going into all of the detail because I don't want to bring up the past and, right. and, you and don't things like that. Into, I mean, just because, I mean, yes, he did that to the family. Yes. But he still loved his kids. Like you said, he was still a good Yes. Kid. Didn't yeah. take away from him. Yes. And the thing is, like, when he's in this, he's a good liar. And so like they didn't really understand and like their life didn't change very much. And I didn't let on that I knew something was wrong or that something was going on. Um, I just kept continuing to love and our our family life was normal, even though I was feeling all this turmoil turmoil inside and I had unrest in my spirit. But there's very few moments um, that the kids would have known that something was not right within our family. Mm-hmm. So, so, so now that this about the, the fifth one, the the iPad between the yes, that's insane. God just He looks out for us, you know. Yes, we're listening, mm-hmm. talking, you know. Yes, we have to listen, and you positioned yourself, and that that is amazing. So, what happened after that iPad incident and? Um, I think that's when he realized, like, okay, like, I mean, if it, it, it took maybe five times to realize, like, I have a problem mm-hmm. and we need to figure out what it is. Yeah. And for me, like, I mean, there was periods of time when I thought, like, if I was thinner, if I was prettier, if I did this better, if I did that better. And God said, you could have been perfect and this still would have happened. And I didn't know what the root was. Yeah. But that's what God spoke to my heart. Like you could have been perfection and this was good. This would have happened. This isn't a Tara issue, Mm -hmm. even though it felt like it was coming against me and I was the one who was being harmed and I felt like the victim in it. Yeah. And so he um, did some counseling with our, we, we moved on. We, God moved us. And the funny thing is, uh, I don't think we would have just left his parents' church. Mm Mm-hmm. God had to move us out in such a way that like we really had no choice. Right. Um, so we left and we started finding healing. Um, we go to Covenant Church of Pittsburgh now um, under Bishop Garlington, and we really just found healing there. My husband was no longer in ministry. Um, I was no longer in ministry. We were able to sit in a pew and get healed. Um, just, it's a different kind of feeling, huh? Yes. 
sit yeah. and soak. <laughs> yeah, because when you're in ministry, um, I feel like you can't be totally honest with what you're going. It's like you have to be the strong one. You're the one they look to. Right. And so you can't really be as vulnerable as you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved on to this new church and nobody knew us and we would just come and sit in the pew and we would worship, God was healing us. Like there was like we wouldn't get through a service without tears streaming down our face. And so it was about two years before they asked him to join the ministry um, team back on, back on the worship team. And um, so under Bishop Garlington, he um, began to counsel my husband Mm -hmm. and mentor him. And um, we partnered with another church um, in Columbus, Ohio, and they did a crisis in character Um, counseling with him Um, and he was able to find the root of what was wrong like why why were these issues coming up and like I said at retreat this was not a woman issue he doesn't have a woman issue he had a father wound Tara is beautiful y'all like she is gorgeous (laughs) so it's not like you know she not attractive but sorry to interrupt you so it wasn't a it wasn't a woman issue no it was a he had a father wound and they went back to certain instances when his father humiliated him in front of a church and that was like some of his earliest memories and just the way that they were they were treated as children and having your father be up your pastor and being treated this way you have a skewed view of god you have a skewed view of the church you have a skewed view of yourself and what he was really looking for was attention and someone to tell him that he was good Mm. and to fill up the void that he had and you know like i think I could fill those voids for him when you're first dating and you're engaged and you're first married. But once you start into married life, like someone's not constantly pouring you, constantly telling you that you're wonderful and handsome and, you know, all these great things. And so then because there couldn't be a constant flow from me and he wasn't getting it from God, he sought outside of the marriage to try to fill those voids. And so now he has identified it. He's let God go deep and and heal and pull up the roots. Mm-hmm. And now we have set up uh, boundaries. Like there's certain things that we do not do in our marriage. And he has allowed me to say like, okay, there's someone that's come on the radar mm-hmm. and we are going to be watchful. We're not going to let them in our inner circle. We are not going to be messaging and whatever. Like, and we just have to be on guard. And I don't know if that's going to be our whole life, but it's right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we handle things. What um, things are you implementing uh, like to help this not happen? Like you said that there's boundaries and things that you don't do. What right. Some of those things. Sure. Um, not texting someone of the opposite sex. Um, private conversations like that. I mean, he owns a business. So sometimes these things happen. But if it's going to be like an ongoing thing that has nothing to do with business, then sometimes I'm added into the conversation or sometimes he has me handle conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, just things like that where we don't engage and bring people in to our inner circle right do you guys have like check-ins where you ask him like how are you feeling am i doing what you need me to do you know those type of things do you guys have those kind of talks um i don't i wouldn't say we have check-ins but like if i'm feeling a certain type of way then yeah i express it and then he's able to share with me i'm not gonna lie there was an instance where i'm like okay someone's coming on the radar and I think the pride rose up a little bit saying like, I got this, like, this is nothing to worry about, whatever. And then, um, all of a sudden, like this person is like more and more in our life coming into the circle made me super uncomfortable and like, he got it, but like was kind of annoyed by it. But then he came to the place where he was like, I know you hear from God. I know you're trying to protect us and like I'm going to submit to this and so we have those types of things um and definitely like we are open about things like if 
like I, <laughs> I'm just gonna be real honest. Go, go, go ahead. <laughs> so when I was at um, the retreat, um, he travels a lot for ministry, and he is so good about including me in his trips. Like he's constantly like taking videos, making me feel like I'm there. Um, he as soon as service is over, like he's he has me on. Um, video chat and he's like walking down the street and I'm going with him and he's just very good about this like including me making me feel comfortable type of thing and when I went to the retreat I was like the designated driver I had six other women in my Airbnb there was like zero alone time and I was not communicating well Mm -hmm. and so when I came home he was like I felt very unloved (laughs) while you were away like I felt like I was out of sight, out of mind. And I couldn't get offended at that. Right. I had to be like, you know what? I know how busy I was. I know that I was like pouring out in my house and I was all in when I was at retreat and I was the one driving and I was never alone. But those aren't excuses. Right. So I had to say, you know what? I apologize Mm -hmm. um, to you. Like these are the reasons why, but I apologize to you. And I recognize that is something that you need and you are so good at that and that's something that I promise that I will work harder at mm-hmm. when I am away. Right. When we're there in June, I'll remind you. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> Be like, where's your husband? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you guys are still together. Yes. Tell tell me about this ring situation. Oh, okay. So this past December um was our nineteenth anniversary and He took me to dinner, and while we were there, he said, I want you to know that I've been talking to Bishop, and I told him, um, he knows our whole story. He knows it all, and and he said, I've just been talking to him about what you said um, last time at retreat in the summer retreat last year. Um, While I was there, I just felt like the Lord said to me, your wedding ring is a soul tie to trauma and not to wear it anymore because that ring when I would look at it, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful ring. But every time I looked at it, I felt the pain of that broken promise. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like I looked at it with joy and looked at it and saw covenant or anything like that. I looked at it and I felt, you know, all the devastation of what has happened. And I did feel like just a dark stain on it. Yeah. And um, so like, that's what the Lord said to me. And and when I told him, he was a little upset, but he's like, I understand, like I did this and I can understand where you're coming from and that's fine. He's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't care. QVC, uh, Amazon, like I'll put a ring on. I'm just not going to wear that one. Mm-hmm. So I've been wearing this ring that I, I bought, um, just like a hundred dollar ring. Um, I've been wearing that. But he said, I've talked to Bishop about the ring and what God told you. And I just told him that we would like to renew our vows for our 20th wedding anniversary. And that this year is going to be a year of preparation and planning for that. And he's like, we're going to go ring shopping right after this. Um, I did not tell anyone at the retreat this part of it while we're sitting in the restaurant. And right after he said this to me, the very girl that he had the affair with after I, that 10 year ring, the, walked into the restaurant with her husband and they sat her at the table next to us. This is how the devil hates me. He does. (laughs) He does. It's you. That just means God's got you. You power. Yeah. I mean, it's right next to you. Like this is a restaurant. Like these people live in the same town as us. This is a restaurant that's half an hour away on the same night at the same time, the table next to us. And I mean, it was awkward, but I... I think it, like it, it, the devil tried to use that to like mess me up that night. But I'm like, you know what? You know what I learned from that? I didn't go back 10 years ago and I didn't live and relive those moments. I was like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. This is awkward, but it's not devastating. This is awkward, but I am not a mess. Like I don't feel the effects of it. Like, do I want to sit next to you and eat? No. But I'm not going to sit here and cry either. Exactly. And so we went and we picked out a ring right after that. And it was a joyful experience. Very 
redemptive and th- and that did not have one it didn't take one ounce of joy out of the experience mm-hmm. and I'm like devil you tried you tried but you you didn't ruin nothing so yeah, yeah so we went and we picked out a ring and I originally had picked out um a ring and I'm like he was like you want that I'm like yeah it's beautiful and he was like I was just thinking I was going to spend more money this than this and I was like okay mm-hmm. so I found the exact same ring in a larger size and and he just said um we're we're on like a new business endeavor as well that has um a lot of potential and we're just on the verge of that happening and he said I feel like this ring that you picked is an example of where we're going it's like the ring for the next season that when we're there you're not going to look back and say I wish I had anything else but you're going to look at it and be like this fits where we're going and so that's where we're at right now that is such an awesome story thank you thank for you that that could be a movie you know how they have like the, the yeah on tv or you know what is it spirit flicks or whatever the yeah thing. yeah that's one of them sure flicks. That, <laughs> yeah yeah that that's one of those right there they need yeah. to ask y'all you could play yourselves but um <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that you're welcome and in that i would love for you to just we're going to end in prayer and i okay. want pray because there's somebody out there that's been going through that and and I want people to really hear God's voice um and and seek him on making decisions before yeah. not out of flesh right spirit, spiritual decisions you know and, and God's spirit not mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because Satan wants to come and still kill and destroy right tried to do in your whole marriage but look you know and yeah. I'm sure the best is still yet to come God, yes so many wonderful things so we have about a few minutes left so if you want to just end in prayer and whatever sure. you say and all right all right father god is thank you i thank you for being in the midst of this podcast god i thank you that you're speaking to hearts right now lord i pray for anyone who is just dealing with a trauma in their marriage um, of a betrayal god Um, I ask that you would just come and speak to their hearts, God, that you would just breathe fresh wind into them, God. Let them know how loved they are, how adored they are, how you cherish them, God, that you are the one fighting for them, God. And I pray that you would speak so clearly um, with clarity to them on their next steps, that you would be the light into their path and that they would know where to go and what to do and even what to say, God. I thank you that you are not a far off God, but you are close to the brokenhearted God. Your word says that you are like a tourniquet to the heart that is bleeding out, God. So I just thank you that you are doing that right now, that you are just binding up wounds, God, that you are so close, Lord. And I ask that for these relationships, God, that you have birth and that you want to see um, come to fruition, that you have plans for God, that you would just... um, breathe freshness onto these relationships, God. We call them back into covenant, Lord. We call these husbands and wives back into covenant, Lord, that the promises made would be promises kept, God, and that you would help them to fulfill their destiny together, Lord. And I ask that you would just encourage, encourage hearts that have um, been hopeless lately, God, and that you would just breathe new hope into them, into their families, God. Unite them and bind them together, God, with cords that cannot be broken. We thank you um, for hearing us, God. We thank you that you don't just hear, but you answer. And I thank you that you are moving on the behalf of your people right now, God. Have your way, God, in our marriages. Strengthen us, God. Unite us, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. That's that's a wrap, Tara. Thank you so much. And you know, if you all need prayer, you know how to reach us on Instagram, uh, seasons underscore podcast underscore, and on Facebook, our Facebook group, Seasons Podcast. You can also email at seasons for podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, God loves you. Cause the God I serve knows all
triumph. 